welcome back to the Salsa Engineer podcast with Charlie and Zidane. Hope you guys enjoyed last episode. It was a long, long time ago, but we were you know, busy with school and everything. Couldn't find a good time to record it. But we are here like 15 days later. But not, I don't know about that. We May 7th. I'm not good at math. Whatever. Who knows? Lots of stuff to talk about. And it's been a good period for the Sox. Zidane, what do we got? Obviously, you know, we've played quite well. We're very happy with how we played. So we're going to do a little game review. Not every single game, but mainly the spotlight ones. Talk about the highlights. It's been a long time. It's a lot of games, but we got to talk about them. And then, obviously, we got to talk about the recent controversy with the White Sox. Whole Tony LaRusso, Jermaine Mercedes thing. It's a major league storyline. So we have to talk about it no matter what. It's one of the biggest so far this season. It's nearly as big as Fernando Tatis last year. We got to talk about it. It sucks to that we're even talking about something like this, but we got to. Charlie, you want to start us off? I think because this whole Yerman and Larusa thing is so important and it's league-wide, I think we've got to start with that. But I want to start with your takes it on because we've talked about it before. I don't know your full opinion. Some more tweets have came out. I want to know how, are you completely radical to one side or are you completely radical to the other or are you a little bit in the middle? What, what do you got? Well, I think, I think we can both agree where we kind of are, where Tony Lusa is an idiot for even talking about this. So one, my first thing is he never should have gone public with any of this. This should be kept in, even if he disagrees, sure. Like, okay, you're 70. We had a feeling that he would be like this. We didn't had a situation. We were like, oh my God, he surprised us. He's getting along with these guys. But then he doesn't do, then he goes and does this. First of all, you're going to the media like every day. Like he talks about your mean immediately after game. He says way too many stuff that we'll have to get into. Everything in that was completely wrong. First of all, why are you saying it publicly? Say it, you know, in the clubhouse, talk to your mean privately. And then after Lance Lynn defended your mean, he talks about Lance Lynn. He talks about, oh, I'm fine with the Twins trying to take out my player's ACL. That's fine. I mean, it's – he never should have gone publicly with it. And just talk about the actual incident. Who cares? I mean, I did not see Asadio crying. Like, obviously, he wasn't happy about it. But even the Twins, like, only – I'm surprised they didn't throw it your mean every at-bat. LaRousse is the one who seems more annoyed by this than the Twins. Because, I mean, don't be so bad that you have to be a position player. That's it. It's not our problem that you suck. It's like, oh, Orioles or Tigers. Wow, we have to be respectful. No, we don't. You're a bad team. You deserve what you're going to get. You, you deserve for your mean. They hit a bomb on you. And the fact that his own manager is the one going after him and then, I mean, Charlie recently talked about this. As we're going to the Yankees, they did a travel theme of Yaw Mankata. That's one of the best things I've ever seen by a team. It's super funny. Everybody seems to be enjoying it. Everyone bought into it. And they had this huge team picture with even, like, management on it. But you know who's not there, Charlie? You know who's not there? Tony La Rosa. <laughs> and one of the best things I've seen on Twitter is that Tony La Russa, you know why he wasn't there on the bus? Because he was at the airport bar 
it's no way. I mean, oh, is that's like not true? It's just like a joke. That's hilarious. No. Who knows where he is? But he could be drinking. We don't know. <laughs> those things just don't mend. It's like the White Sox and having fun and being a great fun team, and then Tony Russo being seventy three and an annoying person. So I mean, Charlie, I'm guessing you have a pretty similar take on this, but I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I th- it's similar apart from one thing I want to add that I think some people would agree with me. Some people would disagree. Listen, there's one thing that kind of pushes me to one side or push and not really pushes me to one side, but still has me kind of questioning whether I want to just go off on the Russo. And it's this, uh, if this is true, Jeremy Mercedes ignored the sign to, uh, to take on 3-0. Is Larusa giving a sign that late in the game? I don't think that any manager would even do that. But let's believe Larusa for once and say that Yuri Mercedes ignored a 3-0 take sign. Then, yeah, you've just got to listen to your manager there. But when Tony Larusa, obviously Tony Larusa got asked that question in the press. But when you go public with that, I think it just I just disregard what Yuri Mercedes could have done wrong because going public with something as controversial as that just stirs up the clubhouse. And now you got Tim Anderson. Absolutely. He was just, you could hear what he said. You couldn't hear it, but you could read his lips. He was just swearing up a storm in the dugout saying, get him out of here, get him out of here. And then you got, and then you got Lance Lynn doing that. Listen, if Larusa just said, I have my opinion, he has his opinion. I told him and he'll, he'll learn. I mean, whatever you go from there. You don't need to say, I don't have a problem with how they handled the situation. I think you just say, well, we're figuring out. You don't even have to say, I have mine, and he has his opinion. You just don't say anything about it. And I think what you should have said is, we're handling it. That's it. Next question. This whole, obviously, this grows the game right here, which is what we all want, but not when it's our team and when it's Larusa just, you know, stirring up the players. I mean... Of course, not, none of the players seem to care. Not all the players seem to be on your mean side. Obviously, we haven't heard from every player, but I couldn't really imagine a player that was, you know, fully with Larusa. But, you know, that's my take on it. I think it's just the whole going public with it all. And he's just adding on to the stick he gets to the stick he gets in the media. I think it's just it's just making his situation worse. And is he going to last the season? Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think anyone thinks he's going to get fired. I mean, people want him to be fired, but that's not going to happen. It doesn't really happen in baseball too much. You see it in soccer all the time, but that's not, that's not the case in baseball. Obviously we, me and Zidane talk about this. He'll go a season and then he's done because I think we'll try to find a better manager, but that's a discussion for another day. But that's my take on Larusa. We can go a couple rounds right here talking back and forth because I'm sure you want to, talk you want to respond to what i have to say Zidane? what do you got i mean yeah you're right and the thing is i can't there is no one i think in this organization that truly agrees with tony Lusa. like front office you know they're pretty analytics heavy guys they like the way baseball's going so i mean they're going to go with it and then obviously the players i mean i can't imagine anybody anybody being like oh yeah like the only thing I could see is if it was a pitcher he's like well I wouldn't want him to do that to me but I mean that's even like you gotta respect it 
at some point either way. Charlie, you have something to say? Yeah, did you see Trevor Bauer's YouTube video? Did you watch that? Uh, I, yeah, I did. He doesn't care. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that other pitchers do, but not all. I'm hoping that the majority of them don't care because Bauer is different from the rest, and he just says, do whatever you want. I, I can do what I want. I can do my McGregor strut when I strike you out going back into the dugout and you won't get mad. You won't, you know, you won't rush me when you do that. Like I, I wish more people were like Trevor Bauer and it's a more of a, I don't care. I can do what I want. You can do, I'm not going to throw at you. If you bat flip off me 10 miles into the air, it doesn't matter. But I want to go to one Larusa quote, which just kind of confuses me. He said, this was on the, obviously on the instant he said what did they do the guy might have been trying to get a sinker and you don't read mine so I'm not going to read their mind like come on like it was obvious what they were doing and of course if like he almost hit, hit your mean in the head that that would have been crazier but come on Larissa you you don't just get a sinker in behind the batter's legs you could get a sinker and throw it and and it'll slip out your fingers and it'll hit their toes you know obviously because that's what sinkers do, but come on, like, there's, there's no way that you can really say that, like, was he actually watching, like, is he, I'm sure he's watched it back, because he seems pretty invested in this to go public with it, but that's, that's another one, that's another just stupid take, listen, me and Zidane didn't want him, and I, I'm gonna, no Sox fan was excited, oh, this is for sure, no Sox fan was excited with the hire of Tony Russo, at least on White Sox Twitter, because I literally don't know anyone. Obviously, I know lots of people that didn't want Hinch. Zidane didn't want you. You weren't too keen on that idea at the start. I wanted Hinch, but you know you can't really see if he's doing a good job or bad job because it's the Tigers. He doesn't have much to work with. But that's you know that's I'm trying to look through my phone because I screenshotted a bunch of quotes, but it was really just I don't have a problem with how the Twins handled it. Like, come on, just say you're mean and I we got it figured out. It's done. We move on. That's my take. Uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the last couple of games? Um, well, one, the thing where it's like, oh, it might have just been a sinker. No, no, no. You knew they were trying to hit your mean. You know that. You've been in baseball like 50 years plus. Who knows? Like, you know when they're trying to hit a guy, and he knew that. I think he's just trying to make up any excuse he can. It's like, oh, who knows? Maybe he's trying to throw a sinker. No, you knew they were trying to hit your guy and you didn't defend him. And I think that's honestly the worst thing, the fact that he's your means manager. He's Lance Lynn's manager, and he's the one going after them. Like, if anything, a manager should defend his player to, like, even if you're, like, insane levels, where, like, if your pitcher is hitting guys in the heads three times and they throw him out, you still got to defend him because he's your player. But it's like Tony Luce is rooting for the other side. He's like, no, 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 I'm with the Twins. I'm with the Twins. No, you're the White Sox manager. That's your job. You are managing these players. It's not your job to uphold your rules of baseball or the unwritten rules. No, you're here to win a World Series. Otherwise, you're a disappointment. And that's the worst thing. you got to defend your players. And he's doing the exact opposite. You hate to see it in a manager. And it's one of the worst managerial moments I think I may have ever seen. Uh, Charlie, you got any closing thoughts on this? No, that's that. It's just it's confusing when the sinker comment and stuff, whatever. But we move on. His decisions have gotten better, but we're 
we're waiting to see. Last episode, we talked about, as I described it, the gauntlet that was coming up with all these games. We It's like 68 games in 72 days, and we're playing some good competition finally. And one of the next, one of the th- three teams that we talked about that we were going to play in the future, we have played, and that is the Twins. Good team, I say very loosely, because they suck. They're garbage. We'll get into those. So we missed we missed one series with them because that was in between. And we destroyed them, swept, adios, bye-bye. But then we had another shorter three games. And then we're in New York right now. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be so fun to talk about next episode because I'm not going to say everyone likes the Yankees because everyone like kind of doesn't like the Yankees. I don't know why I even said that. But everyone is excited for this series because it's going to be fun. So let's talk about game one of series two versus the twins An absolute battering 16 to four. Obviously we'll just say whatever with the Yerman stuff. Cause we just had a whole segment on it, but Zan, what stood out to you? Uh, I think one guy who I think may have been the player of the game, Nick magical gets his first career home run, just barely at 389, just skimmed that uh, top row. He went for he went three for five in the game, had three runs, two RBIs, and a walk. I mean, that's just a perfect game from Nick Madrigal. You love to see it. I mean, he was an offensive powerhouse throughout this game. Jermaine Mercedes obviously hit that home run, but even before that, he had a great night. He went eventually at the end, went three for six, had two runs, three RBIs, great night as well. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at the stat sheet. Oh, my God. Danny Mendick hit a grand slam, five RBIs in the game total. You love to see it. He's been amazing off the bench for the White Sox. And if I had to do comparison, he's the guy we thought Adam Engel would be coming in in season, but obviously he's been out. Danny Mendick apparently can play right field pretty well. I mean, he has not been bad defensively and has been a great hitter so far. You'd love to see it. Uh, Tim Anderson added in as well, went two for five. I mean, this was just an amazing game by everybody on the White Sox. I mean, I can't think of anybody who really struggled except one guy, the weirdest player in all of baseball, who is either very good or very bad, depending on how you describe him. Yasmani Grandal, he collects zero at-bats with a sacrifice fly, and then four straight walks. I repeat, this man went zero for zero, still had three runs and an RBI. I mean, if if you're a White Sox fan, I don't say you can be really worried by Yasmari Grandal because, like, I'd much rather have him hitting 132 with, like, a 400 on base percentage, whatever. It's a big difference with Yasmari Grandal. And I think eventually, eventually, if you just – starts looking for power more, starts hitting home runs. I think he'll just come out of this kind of power slump. He'll be fine. But just an absolute amazing game for the White Sox. Amazing to watch. Surely, I'm guessing you must have tons of notes on this as well. Yeah, every player's – I just go player by player writing in stuff. And most of – obviously not ground all because he went 0 for 0. But most of the players' columns are all filled in with hits. I think I'm going to talk about one player and one other little subject. 
Andrew Vaughn is absolutely mashing the baseball. Like he is getting on so well over the past. I think he's hitting the ball incredibly hard over the past two weeks. And he's really getting those hits in the past like week and a half to a week, uh, double in the third and single in the fifth, but he is killing the ball. His exit belows are, I, I think I saw a stat. It was top five in the league. And I mean, Listen, when you don't have Jose Abreu, obviously for that series, he should be back by New York. You don't have Robert. You don't have Eloy. You don't have Angle. You need a guy who can hit the ball hard. And Andrew Vaughn has gotten that done. But the lower order bats in that game and the lower bat, the lower order bats in this whole entire series has been actually pretty good. We might have not gotten the run production other than this game from the lower order bats, but they've gotten on base. Lurie Garcia, single in the fifth, two RBI double in the sixth, and another single in the eighth. He's actually playing well. Listen, I don't like Larry Garcia, but if he plays this way, he's going to be awesome. And he's been great. He's fun to watch. Pretty fast, whatever. Daniel Mendick, Grand Slam, lower order bat. And Billy Hamilton has hitting has been hitting the baseball pretty well. So, again, when you're missing all those guys, you need at least a couple people in your lower order, bottom half of the order to step up. And Adam Eaton has been absolutely terrible, so that's another that's another person that's been pretty much non-existent. He might as well be injured because I'm not saying I wanted to get injured, but he might as well not even be playing because this guy's – I didn't want him. Zidane didn't want him. He had a good start, but we'll see. Eaton could be pretty streaky, but we'll see. Dallas Keuchel, what, what um, observations do you have? Obviously, the hitting completely overshadowed him. I didn't get a bunch of notes from him. I'll be honest. I didn't really pay attention to him at all. You know, when – he was pitching. I kind of wasn't paying attention. I mean, looking at his numbers, he pitched pretty well. I mean, he did what you kind of want Dallas Keuchel to do. He's not going to be as dominant as last year with a sub-2 error rate. You just That's too high of expectations. Obviously, I do think that ERA will come down a little bit, probably be in between 360, 370, somewhere around there maybe. You know, he went seven innings. You That's great. He had six strikeouts, you know zero walks I think that's good enough for Dallas Keiko only three runs that's good enough for me and looking at the other guys he pitched Jose Ruiz was not great obviously I believe the Josh Donaldson hit a home run off of him I believe so yeah and then Gary Crochet came in and closed the door I thought he pitched pretty well but you know every time I watch him pitch I think where's that velocity we saw and we just hope it returns at some time Okay, Charlie, I believe on to the game two. Yeah, game two, loss, 5-4. Rake Lamb with a home run, as some people on White Sox Twitter like to call him, as a joke because this guy is not good. Moncada, another player who's playing amazing. He looks like his old 2019 self. Obviously, Zidane is getting pretty excited about that. Um, he's also hitting the ball really hard. He's been a little unlucky. He's had a bunch of lineouts and hard hit balls that have went for outs. But, yeah. Yamankata, he's he's gonna start hitting a bunch of home runs soon. I can definitely feel that. You mean Mercedes, two singles, awesome. I mean, I don't have anything for him. He's been terrible. Asmani Grandal, bomb with a bat drop in the third. You get so excited when you see Yaz and his bat drops because you just know that if he does, I one thing I actually want to say because I I'm just seeing this in my notes. How many bat drops that we had that like haven't been home runs? Like Yoan pinned the home run, pit, and he didn't get the home run. He stared at the ball. Grandal's done that like three times in the past week. It's pretty confusing. But Andrew Vaughn 
he started to swing at pitches outside the zone, didn't have that great of a game, but who knows? Larry Garcia, double in the fourth. Madrigal didn't do too much, but Lance Lynn, his stuff wasn't there, but he still got it done. Six innings pitched, five hits, two in runs, and two Ks. When Lance Lynn is not on his best, was when he's not at his best, he's still doing good, and that's what I like about Lance Lynn because he will shut the door. Michael Kopech, a little trouble in the seventh, but he got out of it. Zidane, what happened in the later stages of the game? I can tell you it's called Miguel Sano because he was in he was have he was one of the worst hitters in all baseball. But you know, he has to erupt at some point. He's gonna hit a home run and you're just waiting for it to happen. Did I expect him to hit three in one game? No. But I mean I guess Twins fans were very happy to see that. You know, he's just a big dude who has a lot of power. I mean, it was gonna be expected. I mean, I don't know what to say. Miguel Sano is just a very good home run hitter. And that's, I think, really the only reason we lost this game. Otherwise, I think it was a pretty good performance. Just to talk about Yasmani Grandol. He had a perfect Yasmani Grandol performance. It's what you hope with two walks and a home run. Obviously, strikeout as well. I mean, that's just that's the Yasmani Grandol package. Either he hits a home run or he walks, and that's it. Uh, I thought Lance Lynn, you know, he... Lance Lynn is either like a strikeout artist, but even when he isn't, as you said, like recently his stuff hasn't been there since coming off the IL. Strikeout numbers have definitely dipped, but he is still a workhorse. I mean, he eats up innings insanely. He goes six again this time. Michael Kopech, as you said, had a little trouble. Did get out of it. Uh, Aaron Bummer was not good, obviously. He did go three runs. Then Liam Hendricks, you know, not the best, but not the worst. He didn't really have much to work with. An interesting loss. I won't say it's the worst one for us, but, you know, it just sucks to have three home runs hit on you by the same guy. Charlie, any closing thoughts on this game? Or should we just go to the third? I want to talk about William Hendricks. We've seen uh, Jim Margles from Sox Machine tweet about it. Is do We don't know if Liam Hendricks is good. Like, at this stage in the season, I feel like we should – have an idea you know he has the stuff and he's he's a good pitcher but will he be will he be good in the sense or with the question that will he be clutch in the times that we need him to be clutch because like you said he didn't have a crazy because Aaron Bummer choked it honestly but did he have a crazy amount of stuff to work with no but you still want him to shut the door and be clutch but he wasn't clutch and he's had some iffy games or oh, if he closing uh, opportunities in the past couple weeks, and we don't know if he's going to be that close the door pitcher. With all these injuries, I just want Michael Brantley. I wanted Michael Brantley so badly, but we spent it all on a closer. Obviously, Colome is not doing too well either. So if we kept Colome, I mean, whatever. We didn't. We don't know what would have happened. But that's another disappointing thing. But a two-one win yesterday. This is Thursday, so we're not having a Friday episode this week. So we'll be back next Friday. That was a great game by Lucas Giolito Zidane. He is back in full effect. What do you got? I mean, Lucas Giolito, he has had some bad games recently. You know, a lot of times it wasn't the worst. He's looked pretty good. except one inning where he stumbles and just gives up a ton of runs. But, I mean, this was everything you could ask out of a starter. He goes eight innings, only gives up two hits, one earned run, 
three walks, but I mean, you're fine with those 11 Ks, Charlie. You're showing me 11. I mean, insane. He was exactly what you want out of a starting pitcher. And I mean, it was amazing just to be like in school and just look up, oh, looks daily to strike out. Oh, another one. Oh, another one. Like, it's very fun to only give up two hits to the Twins. And then, as you said, Liam Hendricks, who has been, you know, really good and then looked really bad recently. I thought he looked amazing in the inning that he did pitch. He had two Ks. I thought the slider was there, which we haven't seen a lot. And I believe he threw one or two curves even. I thought he looked great. This was the closer we got from. It's what we paid so much money for, and I'm very happy to see it. Uh, Offense. I'll be honest, there's not much there to talk about. I thought Lurie Garcia had a good game. He doubled and singled, went two for four, RBI in a run. Uh, Adam Eden got a hit, which is nice, I guess, because he's been in the slump for so long. Uh, Moncada continues to ball. I mean, he's just been amazing throughout this. He started off slow, but he's just been heating up, and he's hitting the ball really hard. And and just one more before – never mind. And one more thing. Don't talk about it a lot, but I thought Andrew Vaughn was great defensively at first base. I've been very happy. Like, you know, I thought he was iffy in the outfield, but he played quite well there. And then just to move him back to first base, I thought he was good there. Uh, Charlie, what are your notes for um, this game? Yeah, honestly, it was a good – it was a good pitch game by the White Sox. And – I think it's just so relieving that Vaughn's not making so many mistakes in the outfield and actually making some good plays at first. We got two really, really good defensive first basemen. So when, when Abreu leaves, we don't know when that's going to happen. But when he leaves, you know that defense is going to be is going to still be there at first base. So that's that's a nice thing to see. But obviously nothing much for this game other than agreeing with pretty much everything that Zidane said. Anderson didn't have that good of a game on over five, but. 11Ks from Giolito is what we like to see. And I'm loving the passion from over the past couple days, Lance Lynn and Liam Hendricks. You know what you're going to get from Liam Hendricks. Every time he gets that last out, he's going to scream and he's going to go crazy. He did a McGregor strut as well. But Lance Lynn, he got a huge high leverage strikeout. Or I don't know if it was high leverage, but he just was balling. And he turns around and he just flexes and he screams. And that man is a bear. He's a beast. And... I'm me and me and Zan were absolutely thrilled when we got him because we're like Dane Dane Dunning. It's going to be awesome to see him progress. And we didn't have, we didn't have so much time to see what he was actually like. So we didn't know like if he had like lots of starts and he went crazy, maybe would maybe we'd be a little bit questionable, but you know what you're going to get from Lance Lynn and you really, really know what you're going to get from Lance Lynn because this season he's doing exactly what we said in, uh, during spring training and in the off season last year, but we still got a little bit of time. So Zidane, what are you looking for in this Yankee series? Um, hmm, it's an interesting one. I think really we need to shut down a really hot offense. You know, I think I saw the stat. Oh, in the last thirty days, the leading OPS leaders: Giancarlo Stanton is second, Aaron Judge is third. I mean, that just shows you that Yankees are heating up. Aaron Judge starting the ball, John Carlos Stanton cooled off recently, but just like a week or two was balling out of his mind. Garrett Cole continues to be amazing. Corey Kluber just threw another no hitter. If we do have time, I think we may even talk about, you know, 
all the no-hitters that have happened other than Carlos Rodon. But this is a very good Yankees team. And, I mean, I think the main thing is, if I go, like, one key, is get early runs. Because we, trust me, Charlie, we will do nothing against this bullpen. The Yankees' bullpen is by far and away the best in baseball. I mean, if you go to the eighth or ninth inning in a roller shaman, if he comes in the game, we're done. Done. Like, okay, okay, turn the TV off. Watch something else. Who knows? I'd rather watch, you know, PGA Championship is on right now for golf. I'll watch that or then the Chapman strikeout three because you know he's going to. Dude's going to hit 103 at 32. Shouldn't be humanly possible. Test him for roids. Who knows? Maybe it's just the genetics. I don't know. But the dude is having the best career, his best start to his career ever. Has how many earned? Oh, yeah, zero earned runs. Has only one run given up. He's been insane. You think about Rose Chapman. He throws 102 with a four seam. His slider is really good or terrible. He has no control over it. He has a changeup. And then he adds a splitter last year. And now he's just better. It's insane. Uh, so basically, we need to get runs off starters. Otherwise, we will lose this series. Charlie, what do you have for the this upcoming Yankee series? Yeah, Chapman's going to be tough. He's throwing a splitter. Hopefully his arm doesn't fall off in a couple of years because I've heard a bunch of injuries from pitching with the splitter. But, yeah, that man is crazy. Their pitching is decent, and their bullpen is pretty good. And I don't want to face that later um, in the later stages of the games. But it's going to be exciting. ALCS preview, question mark, maybe, maybe. But one time I do want to see Chapman is in the ALCS game seven with a man on second because he's going to choke this guy in the playoffs the past couple of years has been giving up a couple of crazy moments. It was him that gave up the Rajay Davis home run against the Cubs. Of course, I remember it as a white Sox fan. I was running around my house, very excited. And then the Altuve, you can say what you want about cheating, but I don't care. Like it's, he's still part of that moment. So maybe if he can choke, it will be ALCS, but also we do play them in Iowa as well for that field of dream series which is that's going to be amazing that's going to be so fun to watch on tv but yeah definitely agree with it on on that key there but we can we got like five minutes left and we're going to talk about these no hitters we had it was back-to-back nights right turnbull and then Corey kluber it was back back yeah turnbulls i'll be honest i only watched the final three outs because i'm i don't have much interest in watching the tigers play um but the Yankees were playing the Rangers, and Kluber got that one. And honestly, I feel like you would agree with me. I would much rather everyone be mashing the ball because that's why I like to watch baseball, because of the home runs and because of the hits. Of course, there's so many other reasons, but I would, I, I would expect it. I would expect this, to, this whole no-hitter trend to level out later in the season or closer to midway through the season. I, at least I hope because it's just kind of annoying, like, I don't want to see two one games. I don't want to see three one games. Like I want to see like eight seven games and all those thrilling games. But what, what do you think about this kind of trend that's happening right now? Uh, I think it's just you're seeing this like pitching explosion, basically. Very nice White Sox Cup, um, because hitters have completely changed the way they step up to the plate. I mean, it's seen before that. I mean. The lowest batting average, I believe, in MLB history average is like 234 this year for an MLB player. It's the lowest ever. 
the lowest average OPS, it's like 734. That's not good numbers. Like, if a player had that, you're like, wow, this guy sucks. So, you know, hitters are just hitting to hit home runs now. You know, guys aren't looking to put balls in play. They're just looking to get that long ball. And obviously, they want that launch angle because they know if you hit it, you hit it. And since guys aren't contact focused, strikeouts have gone up insanely recently. You know, we've seen just an upward trend through the all through these years. Then they changed the ball. It's much easier for pitchers to pitch, apparently. I think Blake Snell may have even talked about it where it feels completely different, like being actually throwing off speed. And as you do say, I do think they'll level out because guys do play better. Hitters hit much better in the summer, you know, in July and June. And you see offensive numbers explode. But it's still insane. I mean, six no-hitters in what? We're in late May. We have this is in a full 162 season. The most is eight in 1884, I believe, is the most. So we're already two away from that. And I mean, it's a great career accomplishment. But I will pose this question to you, Charlie. It's a very interesting one. I I think I saw on Instagram basically. What is better? What is a greater accomplishment? A no hitter having 15 plus strikeouts in today's MLB especially well you say today so I'm gonna say May 20th 2021 I guess at this time 15 strikeouts is more impressive like you can be Dallas Keuchel and get like four strikeouts and then have have a no hitter because you're just getting a bunch of ground balls and some flyouts here and there but 15 strikeouts I mean come on that that is a very hard task to do, especially hitters are just better now. And strikeouts for, I, I say like for the, you don't have a pitcher that consistently gets like strikeouts every single start. Like you'll have a start here and there. I don't know about consistently, but like if you're going to have a pitcher that throws high number of, excuse me, high number of strikeouts every single start, They'll get close to 15, maybe hit it once in the, in the season. But come on, that that's I, th- I feel like that's harder. But that that's an interesting question. What do you think? Uh, I think it's also 15-plus strikeouts because, I mean, you think Kerry Wood had like 20 strikeouts. That's insane. To strike out 20 people, there's only 27 outs. And I believe in that game, too, only gave up one or two hits. I mean – because in today's MLB, it's just be getting, becoming much easier. It's, I can't talk. In today's MLB, it's basically, if you're throwing a no-hitter, the only way it's going to be really broken is either a lucky single or. Sorry, guys. The episode cut off. I have no idea why, but it just completely crashed. I don't know. But we were talking about whether it's hard, harder to get um, a no-hitter or get 15-plus strikeouts in the game. Where were you going with that before it, start, it stopped? Basically, in today's no-hitters, you know, either they get a lucky single, a weak hit, or they basically hit a bomb off of you because hitters want to hit bombs. I mean, they've adapted to the MLB. You see strikeouts go up, you see home runs go up, and you see batting average and on-base percentage go down. 
in just today's MLB, and that's why we're seeing so many no-hitters, and obviously we'll slow down in probably June and July in the summer, but we'll definitely beat the record of eight in the season. Um, Charlie, any thoughts? Yeah, I think we went over that topic good, but I just want to talk about where we're going to go with episodes in the next couple of months. So obviously we only have like one more week of school. We'll keep doing weekly episodes, but even if we want to, and we have more time, we might do two episodes a week. If stay, if um, there's been some crazy event and stuff, but um, that's where we're going. We're about to be in person pretty soon. We're both going to be fully vaccinated in the next couple of weeks. So we can finally do in-person episodes. We'll get all the good equipment and it'll be fun. We'll have a better setup. We'll post so much more on TikTok, start a YouTube up, and we'll start, you know, to grow um, amongst the community. But that will do it for this episode. We'll see you guys next Friday for a review of the Yankees series. And I think we'll be a couple games in or at least done with the Cardinals series, I believe. But that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you, guys.